Marini's Media. Hello and welcome to the Totally Scottish Football Show in association with Paddy Power. Coming up this week, FIFA set to extend the season indefinitely. It was the split this weekend, but what happened? And are Hamilton still 10? Perhaps. Furlough? For no, say Aberdeen, as the clubs put community first. I'm Andrew Slavin, and alongside me, in audio terms only, because we're social distancing. It's JJ Bull from The Telegraph. How are you, pal? Hello. Yes, everyone in social distancing. Distancing. Yeah. Not everyone. Well. <laughs> there are a few naughty, naughty nunus out there. That's right. Don't meet up in groups. Don't do that. That's bad. Yeah. It's bad. Yeah. This is way better. It smells better. <laughs> it's great. I quite like only being able to talk to people through an iPad screen. It's fine. <laughs> How are you keeping yourself entertained, JJ? Going on a house party in the weekends. <laughs> You introduced me to house party, and every time I'm on it, it's like JJ's in the house party. I'm like, okay. I just go and see if anyone's on because often they are, and then you get to have a little beer with them. It's like you're in a pub. There's different rooms in that, so it's, uh, <laughs> it's decent fun. So that's been entertainment on the weekend. Otherwise, like everyone can do, you do some exercise, you go for a run, all that sort of stuff, all the nice things. Follow the football. Good man. Good man. None. I'm glad you're in good spirits. I've noticed you're wearing or were in a pregnancy pillow. I didn't know what that yes, was. Yes, I am wearing my girlfriend Emily's pregnancy pillow because I was in the garden yesterday and my back is absolutely ruined. But you don't have to be pregnant to need one of these pillows. They are amazing. They're so comfortable. So anyway, on that comfortable note, let's sit back, relax and enjoy this podcast because coming Sponsored up Sponsored by JJ's. pregnancy pillows. <laughs> Good button. Thanks, mate. So JJ, later on, we're getting your... Uh, midfielders of the Premiership season yes. and we're continuing our retro FIPA look back on the 1998 World Cup which could be quite difficult but here we go You're listening to the Totally Scottish Football Show in association with Paddy Power So JJ the latest news we have is that FIFA are set to announce that the football season will be extended indefinitely to give clubs time to finish the season. Um, and they're also adding the transfer window in too, which means that players can get contract extensions. It seems to be moving all the time, but nobody really understands what's going on. Yeah, and as we're recording this, I think there's some sort of SPFL board meeting going on as well. So that could uh, change a lot of stuff. I know a lot of managers, I know Derek McInnes, for example, is saying that he thinks there should be Leadership telling them what's going on. Well, in in Belgium they um did we talk about this last week. I can't remember, but in Belgium they've they've cancelled the no, season. That, no, that happened. That happened after our podcast. All right. Well, so, if anyone doesn't yeah. isn't aware, in Belgium they uh, have ended the season. So Club Bruges win the league and they get the Champions League place. Can't remember who's below them, but they've awarded the European places below them. Uh, but they're not relegating. I think they're deciding that at a later date. So they're going to deal with that. Very and that is pissed off issue. FIFA. Oh, pissed off <laughs> UEFA even. <laughs> well, because Seferin said that they're just extending it, yeah. It's an odd one though, right? Because you can't just... I don't know. Like in, The problem with Scotland, especially, is that Rangers and Celtic, they're not... Was it 13 points in it? Even then, JJ, it's, it's still... I, I still think Scotland are in a position where there's no decision to be made yet, if you know what I mean. Like The only reason that we're even discussing this... You know, should it be called now or whatnot? It's, it's purely financial. 
that's the only reason we're talking about it. So this, this, the fact that FIFA are extending the season means that other avenues can be looked at. It's just about being a bit more clever as to how we can help clubs. I mean, I don't know this, but it seems to me that they're just very wary of the repercussions of doing it because then all sorts of lawsuits start where clubs getting relegated that could end the club financially. or That sort of thing happens. So Yeah, and also the, with UEFA yeah. kind of saying this with this warning that it could harm Scottish clubs being involved in European competitions. Uh, yeah, but I mean, I don't... Then that's just them. People can call their bluff for that one. Like it's. I agree. Uh, there's no way. And the other thing as well, I'm sure I read that so uh, Rangers, Celtic, and Motherwell have all been given. Motherwell have been given money, like three hundred and ninety grand or something like that, because yeah, that's because they're that guaranteed week, to finish yeah. in the top six. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's money coming into it, but yeah, it's like we keep saying every week. It keeps moving all the time, and no one really knows anything. Well, we had we had uh, Ian Maxwell, the Scottish FA chief executive, did come out to say we are confident that football can restart in the months to come with conditions that will be dictated by public authorities. Do you know Alex Ray says that uh, it should be nulled? Funny, yeah, that. but it's not even on the table. That's not even from it's widely reported. It's not even in the table. I'm sure so, the if the what was it John Hartson done about the other day? Have the shoes on the other foot? <laughs> John Hartson saying that they should just end it and give him the champion, the, the, give the title to Celtic. Being basically a, a, a Celtic pundit and a Rangers pundit. What a surprise. <laughs> oh, well, I'm sure we're going to learn. What was it? Did you t- did you say there's going to be a there's a meeting today as we record this? Sorry, we're recording this on Monday. The SPFL are meeting today. Is that I think right? that's right, isn't it? Yeah, the producer's nodding yeah. at us. So, yes, that's correct. <laughs> uh, so we know all the ins and outs. Um, but, yeah, the Belgium have set the kind of precedent... I think it'll be when the big leagues do it. So I think if someone like the Premier League in England were to to go and decide what they were doing, it might change other people's minds. Yeah, but even then, they have their own financial implications if they do call it. So, for instance, if the Premier League call it, that's money that would have to be given back to BT Sport and Sky Sports. Aye, but then there's a problem with the TV. I think the sum's been about £750 Oh, jeez, that's a lot. So, so so that's why that's why nobody's making a decision. That's why people want UEFA or FIFA to say, right, guys, this is the plan. Exactly. Everyone's just waiting fault. because yeah. ultimately t- it's TV. Yeah. It's TV contracts. That's what's well, controlling money everything. Controls us, us all. But then, so yeah. like, in terms of money, so we can talk about uh, a Scottish club, Aberdeen. Uh, Dave Cormack uh, taking over for Stuart Milne's chairman. He announced that Aberdeen won't furlough club staff. So they've had to find five million pounds of uh, funding to take them through, take them through it. So they put two million pounds in from investors, including mm-hmm. his own investment group, uh, Cormac, and staff and players are taking a three to four month deferment. Which is my understanding right. is that it's not that they're not getting paid; it's that they'll get paid later. So they get. I'm not sure exactly the ins and outs of it. I mean, there's. People who'd be far better talking about this than I would, but that's mostly what they're doing. I know that the community trust, their their staff are furloughed, but the community trust is different to the actual club. Yeah. So I'm sure a lot of clubs will do something similar, and they won't be anywhere near the sort of money that Aberdeen players will be. And is that is that is that to kind of protect you know non-playing members of staff? Are they? Yeah, I think. Well, it seems to be because that's what all the clubs Mm. are trying to do, right? Celtic haven't announced anything yet, as far as I'm aware. Uh, they're the ones with all the money. A lot of clubs have different stuff going on. What Dundee United are doing, or they're furloughing their staff. 
uh, the other thing Aberdeen, Aberdeen are doing is uh, staff who are furloughed they're topping up their wages on top of it so everyone's getting paid full amount oh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. which is a, a nice part always like looking after the people first which is the whole point of a football club the club part of it right this is about yeah, to look absolutely. after people we saw it with Barcelona Barcelona have taken a 70% wage cut and players are topping up the non-playing staff as well uh, but that's different to what some of their clubs are doing where they're just taking money from uh, anyway, let's not get into that tricky political aspect. Do, do you think Aberdeen are kind of leading the way then in Scotland with with that statement? Yeah, so they're, they're one of the clubs leading the way, certainly in the UK. But what the problems mm-hmm. with this is that Aberdeen are in the position to be able to do it. Whereas a lot of clubs have a lot riding, like Dundee United going up, they've got a lot of money riding in that. Like Cali saw a lot of financial problems. So that some sort of these clubs won't be able to to do that. They don't have... Um, a wealthy owner like Dave Cormack and the board they've got in there. That's one of the good Absolutely, things they've got yeah. going on. Some clubs can, and I think if they can, then they should. But then that's just, that's kind of political, so maybe we should stay out of that part. But the other thing well, that I've well, been doing with the community is phoning fans up, like phoning old mannies and give them a good A few clubs have been doing this, haven't they? Yeah. yeah. Have you been phoning up anyone? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all the time. Have good. to Skype my mum and dad every day. House partying, <laughs> Queen of the South fans. <laughs> Always, uh, there's there is a few other good stories about other clubs that are trying to do their their them. utmost for for the community. So Make like Ross County good. launching a hashtag for our people campaign. And they launched a hashtag. Wow, that'll solve everything. <laughs> no, it's not just that, but it it basically comes to the Ross County Foundation receiving a five thousand pound grant from Foundation Scotland, um, with a grant going towards funding meals for the most vulnerable in in county's community. But That's the thing like, that a lot of clubs have been doing you, is making meals. A lot of they've got a lot of food already yeah, needing exactly. prepped in their freezers and that. But but you're seeing you're seeing um you know clever ideas like Livingston offering fans the chance to become shareholders. Um yep. so if they put twenty quid in a month until May next year, they can become share, shareholders. Uh, apparently hundred and twenty five supporters have already signed up to it as well. So that's just it's just trying to find these clever ways to bring money into the club just to kind of find some sort of breathing space um, because all these clubs are facing no gates for potentially another three months. You just don't know. You don't know when football's going to start. And when football does start, I, I, I think the winter break is out the window now because how can you have it if you have so many fixtures coming up? Well, one of the suggestions was to get rid of the League Cup to ease fixture congestion. So maybe that would work. I mean, I don't know. I don't think anybody knows. That we can speculate all we like, but they can it play would certainly three make games sense. a week. It would certainly make it, sense yeah. considering the League Cup normally starts in July, right? Starts uh, in group stages and yes. then... Yeah, so... <laughs> That's silly. You're never, going to, you're never going to finish that. <laughs> but as well as when it starts again, is obviously everyone's got to go, go, go through pre-season. It's about three or four weeks, otherwise everyone will get injured. Like, even like Kevin De Bruyne was talking about that. It doesn't, doesn't play in the SPFL yet, obviously. Although maybe this transfer window he might. Maybe. I think I, I read... Um, who was it? The Burnley manager. Sean Dyche. Sean Dyche, yeah, he was saying you basically have to, for every week you're out, you have to take two weeks for a player to get up to, oh sorry, five days for a player to get up to match fitness. So if you think of the amount of week, three weeks we've lost so far, so that's yeah, basically, yeah. all players have to have to have a month before getting up to match fitness. Well that's right, Well, their, their summer break would be about the same as they're doing now, it's got about three to four weeks of pre-season. But anyway, mm-hmm. we, should, uh, we should move on. Yeah, there's loads, there's loads going across all clubs. But instead of going on about this, um, we'll leave coronavirus because we uh, aren't clever. <laughs> Don't want to talk about or it anymore. At least not qualified in any way. 
Exactly. So we are going to tell you about this week that wasn't. I'm Jose Mourinho. I know a thing or two about being special. Finding pastel de natas in a London cafe? Special. Winning the daily jackpot on Paddy Power Games? Not special. Understood, Jose. Yes, someone wins an average £40,000 jackpot every single day. So if you win, don't think you're special. Daily Jackpots by Paddy Power Games. Jackpots must be awarded by 11pm and vary from day to day. Jackpot is shared with other operators. Available on selected games. T's and C's at paddypower.com. 18plusbegumbleware.org. On Spotify, smart speaker and podcast platforms everywhere, this is the Totally Scottish Football Show from Muddy Knees Media. We're going to play football. So, Slavin, as you know, uh, if a virus hadn't ruined the entire world this week, we would have had an enjoyable uh, fixture list. So I thought what mm-hmm. we could do is flip it. So I'm in charge this time. And we're going to talk about what uh, what would have happened this week, this weekend, if we'd had the chance to have watched it just past, you see. These games have all just happened. The last game before the split. This is exciting. So as you well know, in this new imagined reality, every game up until game match day 33 was a draw, which is kind of weird. Mm. The weirdest mm. part, I'm but, sure... But also still believable. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and, but I'm, I'm sure you'll agree the weirdest part of all is that Andrew Constein scored a hat-trick in every game that he played in. Also believable. Yeah. So that took him up to 10, to 10 goals so far. That's amazing for a defender. There's not enough of that in Scottish Premiership. Never mind but the Premier League. <laughs> but what do you know what happened in Aberdeen Hearts this weekend? I didn't watch that game. I'll afraid. tell you. I'll tell you. You yeah, might be surprised oh, to learn good, this. Good. Constein scored a hat trick. Oh wow! He's on 13 goals now. He's a really good defender. That's right. Chasing Odson Edward, who's on top of 22. Oddly, hasn't scored apparently in this new reality. Tell me, Slavin, what do you think happened in Killy versus uh, Livy? Uh, so Kilmarnock Livingston. Um, this was no no an absolute. Belter of a nil-nil. Correct. It was just balls in the air. Livingston winning all of them, but just can't couldn't hit the target. That's right. That's nil, pretty nil. much it. Done. Yeah. Uh, Rangers v Motherwell are by this point are Morelos and Gerrard still friends after three draws in a row. Getting to this point. Well, after Rangers got knocked out of the Europa League. Oh, did that happen as well? Did it? Yeah, because they finished nil-nil with Leverkusen oh. in Leverkusen, um, in Crazy. Germany. Yeah, so they're out of of that tournament. So. Um, no hangovers though That's good What's happening behind the scenes though Is What's Graham Murray up to Has he been Graham Murray has been um, He's been given some advice To stay quiet See how it goes <laughs> And you could be the The man in the hot seat I think anyone could be The man in the hot seat I think Murray, Gerard needs the advice Alright So Rangers be Motherwell Who won that one? Uh, Motherwell won that one that's a shock. I'm surprised. What was the score? One nil. We'll see. Yep. Ross County versus St Mirren. What was that? Nil nil. St Johnston versus Hamilton. Ah, see now this was an interesting game. Um, really? Alex Gogic with a hat trick of headers. Jeez, didn't see that. Yeah. Well, I saw it. What were they? What were they from? Corners, was it? Three corners, three Gogic's. Yeah. Of course, three the last one was a thirty-yard header because the corner went to the edge of the box, and you need. Yeah. Smashed it through. Well, the thing is, when he signed for, for Hamilton, he had a full head of hair. And now he's been bald. He's just so good at heading. 
that's the only thing that holds people back from being good at heading. I, I remember this. <laughs> I learned this in uh, SFA coaching. Now, yeah. the last game but, of but, course... Was, hold on. It was a hat-trick oh. of headers, but St. Uh, St. Johnston won 4-3. Oh, jeez, I would have liked to watch that. Yeah, see? Oh, well, we've been denied. Yeah, BBC will be rolling that one out. Hibsby <laughs> Celtic. I was surprised that both teams decided to play in green. Yeah, Confusing I know. to watch. And white. <laughs> both, yeah. Very confusing, but I liked it. It made it, like, every pass more uh, full of more jeopardy. You could never and then be sure. Neil, Lennon was in, Neil Lennon was in the home dugout. <laughs> that's right that was an odd twist I liked it again and it explains why the result was 3-3 all own goals scored into their own net because they thought so it was it, the right net crazy oh wow so it was just total confusion I mean wasn't the yeah. stature of Fraser Forster not a giveaway well because they put an actual f- statue in the goal <laughs> because no. he's now played he's had two sessions at Celtic now which is enough to warrant a statue in the laws that we have created Maybe. I mean, Andrew Considine's getting a, a a statue, isn't he? Oh, that's already started production, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're drawing <laughs> up the designs now. But there you go. But yeah, so everyone's just a few points up. Well, uh, we can work out what the table is, maybe post that on Twitter or something like that, rather than bore everyone with numbers. But that's the, uh, that's the week that wasn't. That's what we could have had. Oh, my goodness. We should do this every week, even if there was football. <laughs> I still prefer this to predicting actual games. <laughs> I liked my Gorgich hat tricks. I like that too. <laughs> well, tell you what, we liked it so much. We're going to continue it um, as this goes on. But next, I know you liked it. You were looking forward to this, weren't you? I was so excited for it. But I'm even more excited for some virtual reality. How about that? So if you're a footballer in isolation, how can you get that scoring feeling? We've seen one idea go very badly this week, thanks to Kyle Walker, but the person we're going to speak to has a much better solution. Andy Etchie's co-founded Rezzel. I think that's... You did co-found it, didn't you, Andy? I did, yes. Yeah, with uh, Gareth and Adam. (laughs) (laughs) And according to uh, your Twitter bio, uh, evidence-based elite performance for everyone the most powerful way to develop mentally resilient players in VR. So, Andy, just mm-hmm. break down what that really means for those who aren't quite, you know... Yeah, because even I don't know what that means from what you said there. The VR <laughs> <laughs> and, and you've been on it, JJ. Yeah, I know. Yeah. To, to break it down, it's, it's virtual reality, right? That's, that's what you provide for actual players. Correct, yeah. So um, we have a platform that um, operates in three different areas. Um uh, using virtual reality as the medium, uh, we we basically look at cognitive development, medical recovery, and post-match analysis. Um, and in each one of those areas, we have a different kind of discipline and speciality. Uh, the first one is cognitive cognitive development. So that is basically putting players in stressful situations, well, semi-stressful situations. Um, it's stressful. I've done kind it. Of match, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> match pressure kind of situations where they interact with a virtual ball at their feet and make decisions in real time uh, based on things that are, that are around them. And that's used um, at mostly at academy level and, and players who are just emerging through to first-team football to kind of measure their um, capabilities in, in terms of will they stay, stay calm at a key moment in the game, will they make the right decision at the right time, that kind of thing. Then on the medical side, which is probably most apt to, to this topic, we look at maintenance of those characteristics. So if you're an elite player 
and you've got a period of time when you're when you're out injured then you can use those same kind of drills that you would do at the academy level the same assessment drills to basically do um, maintain your capabilities in that area and do some deliberate practice around um, things that you'd only experience in in a, in a game so most players will be doing gym work and running machines and staying physically fit but you know making sure that they stay mentally fit is is a massive part of uh of football and then the final bit is post-match analysis so we'll take a moment from a game put you back on the field and we'll use that to feedback on how you could have made a better decision or or how whether you made the right decision and, and we we will show that to younger players to say this is perfect decision this is what good looks like this is what you should be doing when i say virtual reality it literally is you put on the headset and you wear whatever devices you have now i'm not sure what it is but you, you know say you're wearing um, you put it on your boot and your your shin and then you are on a training pitch so you're wearing this this uh, equipment you're on a training pitch and then you hit a ball which isn't really there but feels like it's there uh it's incredible <laughs> uh, very <laughs> yeah. addictive as well but like the thing that what you're describing there is you can use it in in rehabilitation right in physio so right now players who are isolated at home mm-hmm. do you have any players who are using this at home to to train at the moment yeah um we've got a few players um in the premier league currently who are using it and um a few popping up around the world i think um demand is just uh, just starting to begin because now people are seeing that this this is probably quite um a long period of um of inactivity um but yeah we've uh, one that we're allowed to talk about is michael antonio at west ham uh, we've got a couple of uh, a couple of other players a few of the other top four and they're, they're basically using it day-to-day uh, to put themselves in game situations or at least feel that kind of pressure to make sure that when they do come back, they're coming back without the need to go into reserve games to get the fitness back up or the mental fitness back up and so on. Right, so it's to do with that often used uh, term of match sharpness. Exactly, yeah, that's that's exactly the point. Um, you know, I think when, when players come back from injury, typically they will usually go through a game or two in the reserves. And the players who've used this system in normal circumstances when they've been injured, like long-term injury, have required less time in the reserves or less practice matches before they've been allowed to do uh, first-team football. Andy, as, as professional as professional as it all sounds, it actually sounds like really good fun. Is this something that That's you crazy. could like... Yeah, yeah, like... Oh, I loved it, man. I'm thinking about, I'm would you open it up to the public? Is there anything that you could, you know, is this... I, I just I just want to go myself already. Like I'm all, already thinking I want to buy one, but I don't know how much it costs. <laughs> but you know, it's it's that th- I'm thinking this sounds amazing. I want to go. Uh, well, um, we we do have a goal to do that at the moment. Unfortunately, the technology it relies on is quite expensive, so that's why it's mostly at elite clubs. But um, our end goal is definitely to get it into people's hands. We've got a roadmap to launch this on the PlayStation, so everyone will be able to to be able to do it. Um, all the VR headsets that are out there as well. It's, it's one of those things, um, it sounds farcical and, and um, unbelievable when you describe it, but there's no possible way to oversell it. It is literally like the um, example of when you see in Star Trek and they walk into a room and it turns into like a beautiful paradise um, and, and they're experiencing everything that they would do in that place. It's, it's just like Talking that. You, my language, you put yeah. this headset on. It reminded me of um, the, the training bits on FIFA, you know, when you're doing the, uh, the warm-up bits before the yes. game. It's like that, yeah. but you're actually doing it. You're not running, obviously, because you're... JJ, just, just explain again, when you spoke about trialling this out, you said you, you could feel the ball, but there's no actual ball. 
Yeah, do you, I, I don't know how how does that work. I don't know if you can explain, Andy. Well, Andy, you better explain that than me. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we we use a little bit of a psychological trick. The brain and the basically the visual and the audio. The brain puts it together and gives you um, not immediately, not like the first kick that you take, but after a couple of minutes, you you start to feel the, the stimulus of, of the ball. There's no vibration on the foot. There's no kind of haptic feedback. Um, in fact, that actually yeah, has a negative effect when we've tested it um, because you need to feel it on exactly the point where you touch the ball. Uh, so, yeah, the, just the trick of the sound and vision really makes you feel the ball. It's, it's very bizarre, but it, but it does work. Do you have um, anyone in, this, in, in any of the Scottish leagues using it or anything just now? Um, we were just about to break through and put, um, put an install into, into one of the teams. Unfortunately, we can't say because we're still under contract um, negotiation, but that was sure. due to go in next month. Um, unfortunately, the situation has kind of put us on a back foot, but um, we've got a fair amount of interest from um, from several people um, at different teams and at the SFA, where we hope to to kick off next season at least now with a few kits out there. Uh, if they had it a couple of months ago, it would have been quite useful for this period, I would have, I would have said. Oh, without a doubt. Um, yeah, we find in the teams and the players that do have it, uh, the reports that we're getting back are phenomenal. You know, they they, they always talk about percentage um, increases and those those minor differences. And I think even Mikhail himself said in a, in a press piece the other day, um, that 5% difference that it adds to what he believes to be all of his physical fitness. He's not, he's not the um, uh, most flair player. He's fast, he's strong and he's powerful. Uh, but he's, this is helping him make, make good decisions. Well, that was Andy Etches, so thanks to him for speaking to us about all things VR. But next, we're returning to the Premiership for my very poor team of the season. Listeners, we want to tell you about a beautifully simple way to showcase and sell your photography. PicFair is used by over 150,000 people worldwide. It's a free platform that allows anyone to sell their photos from complete amateurs like me to seasoned professionals, probably like some of you out there in Podland. And PicFair is so simple. All you do is upload your photos, name your price, and those pics will appear on your personal online photography store. Your photographs will also be listed on PicFair's central marketplace, where images taken by people who've never sold a picture before have been published by The Guardian, Time Out and Rough Guides, and they've even been used on the front cover of National Geographic. Alongside digital downloads, customers can also purchase your photos as beautiful frame prints and canvases, and whether you sell them through your own store or the marketplace, PicFair will produce the prints for you in high-quality labs and take care of all of the shipping. So if you've got time on your hands and you're wondering what to do with all of the brilliant photos you've got lying around on your hard drive or camera roll, go to pickfair.com and sign up for free today. That's P-I-C-F-A-I-R.com. Pickfair, a new home for your photography. Team of the season. All right, JJ, it's that time again. It's your team of this season, which we must remind everyone is only we're only allowing it's awful. To have one. <laughs> well, we can remind them about that. We'll, they'll find out very quickly. Um, but yeah. you are picking only one player. The rules of this game uh, is that I've got to pick one player from every club <laughs> you, with JJ. one manager. So you got all twelve. Uh, but that's it. So even though, for example, Ross County don't have any good midfielders, there's a slight chance <laughs> they end up with one. But that's not how we're doing this. I've got to pick one player who's been good this season, not just their best player, 
just this season. It's been very but difficult. But you started you started with your manager of the season, which was uh, Jim Goodwin at St Mirren. And again, to remind everyone that is because St Mirren should be doing much better than they are, according to the underlying statistics, which uh, not everyone loves. But St Mirren are close to the drop. Yes, that's true in reality, but also in reality, they're not. Anyway, oh, I also Defense. had. Declan Gallagher at centre-back and I had Andy Constein at centre-back he's obviously top scorer in the, pre- uh, the Premiership coming up soon Stephen O'Donnell at right-back yeah Stephen O'Donnell of Kilmarnock so that's Kilmarnock Hearts and Aberdeen uh, no Kilmarnock Motherwell Aberdeen oh yeah and Aaron Hickey at Hearts Correct. that was it that's a left-back that's a back four now as you remember I definitely said this was a 4-4-2 you remember I said that didn't you so uh, no I, th- I remember you saying nope. a 4-3-3 no you'll definitely remember 100% JJ you cannot fool the teacher Definitely, if you look back, it's definitely a four four two. I think you'll probably have heard that wrong. Anyway, so in this four four two team of the season, <laughs> well, you forgot your goalkeeper. Oh yeah, Xander Clark, St Johnston. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's exactly. Yeah, the the, <laughs> the tiredness in your. Oh yeah, him. Yeah, he's oh, a goal, just so. no. Right, we're on the midfielders now. So my central two. Now, I would say that at Rangers, Ryan Jack has been. It's an ace this season. Interesting. Okay. He's definitely. I think Stephen Davis has maybe been the most important player, and uh, Gerard definitely relies on him a lot. But in terms of what Jack brings to the table on the pitch, I think he's been fantastic. Do you think this has been his best season at Rangers? I think he gets better every season. I wish he'd. Um, I don't know what it is. Like, if he'd been at a big club, you're. At, how do I say this without the thing is, the, thing is JJ, the reason the reason I ask you is because I remember when Gerard first came in to the Rangers, Ryan He's Jack was excellent at the start of the season. Yeah, Ryan Jack was also excellent at the start of this season, and then injury took him out, and he's not really came back the same Ryan Jack. Well, I'll take your comment and ignore it. I'll stay with <laughs> Ryan Jack, who it's just I I think he's very classy. Don't know, he's good to watch, right? And I think Gerard's definitely improved his game. Or whoever's been working with him at Rangers has improved his game. Interesting. Uh, regardless, so regardless Ryan Jackson, whether... the team. So so this yeah. means that, I mean, I'm thinking ahead a little bit here. You're not picking Morelos as a striker. Interesting. That, that but, is correct. But move on, move on to your, uh, your next centre midfield pairing. And again, because of this, of the, what's the, the, uh, the, the line, between the lines that I have to operate this team, I've had to choose someone from Hamilton. <laughs> so... Uh, Alex Gogic, who you'll yes, <laughs> Alex Gogic, you'll remember, scored a hat trick this week of headers, including a thirty-yarder. He uh, <laughs> is my defensive ball-winning midfielder who can also drop to the centre back if we he need does. it. He does. He's been playing that a lot recently because he does play centre back a lot. He's really a centre back, but he's played a lot of uh, defensive midfield, if not in the midfield too. Because Hamilton have had six red, seven red cards or something like that this season, and all of them have been defenders. So all I think everyone in Hamilton have had to play defence at some point. Exactly. This season. Yeah, that's kind of sort of why he's he's decent though. Like you see, he watches. Um, yeah. If you watch him, he reads the game really well, and he also what what I like from defenders is when they take the ball up, look up, and then ping it seventy yards to the opposite wing. Switches ball to opposite flank is his trait in football manager. He's young too. He's only twenty five. Is that right? Yeah, That's good. I know, it's amazing, because he looks a bit older. Sorry, Alex. <laughs> he doesn't listen to this, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but Alex Gogic is uh, my defensive midfielder of the season. Ryan, also, Jack, Ryan Jack and Alex Gogic. 
This team's awful. <laughs> My head is in my hands. I mean, this. This uh, is. I can't wait to put this online. Yeah. Yeah. So you're picking your wingers next week, JJ. Sure. Why not? Let's do that. <laughs> oh my god. Um. So just to recap quickly, we've got Jim Goodwin as the big boss man, Xander Clark in goal, Aaron Hickey and Stephen O'Donnell fullback, Andy Considine, Declan Gallagher centre half. We've changed it from four three three to four four two. No, no, it's always yeah. No, 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 no. It's uh, always been <clears throat> Ryan Jack and Alex Gojic as your centre midfielders. Wow. Yep. So anyway, let's finish this off. Let's finish this wonderful podcast off with some retro football. Jack, I want you to draw me like one of your French girls. Is that a hair gel? I did not have sexual relations with that woman. Do you believe in love after love? Yes, folks, it's 1998. The time when spirits were high, Delamitri were bumming us all out with their anthem, and Scotland were in France, taking the World Cup by storm. Except they weren't. This week we're talking about Norway and Morocco. Before that, here's a taster of how that went. Craig Burley chasing, and Burley gets there! Well, it's been an enterprising period of play from Scotland, and it's been rewarded with the equaliser, 1-1. It long for Basir, and it's a good ball, and a chance for Basir! Salahuddin Basir, with a left-footed drive, which has established the lead for Morocco. Basir, Hadji, Hadda through the middle. He's taken a yard away from where he's got a chance, and Leighton's got a touch, but he hasn't backed it out, and he might just have been watching Scotland go out of the World Cup. Basir, he's got away from one, it's Basir's shot, it's 3-0. The salt in Scottish wounds is well and truly rubbed in now. So, JJ, this was particularly depressing. <laughs> How did you enjoy watching this back? <laughs> uh, well, there's some things I remember about um, the games. And weirdly, one of the th- only thing, or one of the main things I remember from the 1998 World Cup altogether was uh, how Jim Layton didn't save that second Morocco goal. Do you know when he pushes yeah, the ball I up know. into the air? Yeah. Well, I always remember even... Jim Layton is doing that. It's weird. Yeah, it was. It was kind of. It's one of the. Yeah, I know. I know he's done, but I was more annoyed with the first goal because it was into his uh, near post. And I know. I know it was. It was his, what was his name? Um, Basir, I think it was. He scored two that night, but that that first goal was so preventable for Leighton. Yeah, but, but there you go. a lot of goals Scotland Leighton are. But the, like th- the thing was though, JJ, like Scotland had given us some hope with that draw with Norway. I mean, to think that. You know, 1998 was the last time Scotland scored a goal in a major tournament, and it was Craig Burley. This whole bit, the thing is that the whole Brazil, the, the whole Brazil game was exciting, and then the next two just became nervous wrecks. 
Um, I, I mean, I don't remember it being nervous at all. I was too young for it to, to mean anything like that. What uh, I do remember is, I, I remember the the Norway goal, Havard Flo, cousin of Tori Andre Flo. Interesting. Um, he took he took the lead. And it was Vidar Reseth with the cross who actually joined Celtic that's that, that year as well. Well, and the other thing I remember from Norway, the Norway game, is that especially in that Craig Brown documentary we talked about last week. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. They, they you know, the the referees came round and said, Look, boys, you don't slide in from behind. Shouldn't do it anyway, <laughs> but especially not this tournament. You'll get sent off. And Craig Burley yeah. neglected to remember this. <laughs> I mean, we were two 0 against oh, Morocco. Was Morocco, though, wasn't it? it wasn't Norway. It was, this no, was it against Morocco. Yeah, two yeah. 0 down at a time. That's yeah. It didn't really matter. I mean, is it uh, Craig Burley had dyed his hair peroxide blonde that game as well? What are you saying? He's been more angry than normal. Yeah, I think I think it's I think it's bad. I think it's a bad idea to think you can peroxide blonde yourself as a footballer. You're attracting attention, Craig. Or you were. <laughs> well. Uh, it is interesting that that is the last time we have reached an international tournament for either of these games. I mean, there's nothing much. We were okay, we were okay in both. But like we sort of touched on last week, I think the problem is that we've not really developed since then. We've had similarly talented players. Maybe not the core has been as strong. We've not had the players in the right places at the right times. Like right mm-hmm. now, great left back, you know? Great left back, well, two or three of them. Some great midfielders, but that's kind of it. You need more. You need your centre backs, your striker to be top class. And, and similarly to 1998, we didn't have a great goal scorer. I remember Craig Brown left out Ali McCoist. Yeah, he's um, 35 though. When he was kind of he was quite he was quite old, but he'd had a good year. And yeah. I also said last last week that Craig Burley would go on to regret not taking McCoist. And I just think you know Craig Brown he stuck with he stu- sorry Craig Brown uh, he stuck with. Gordon Jury up front the whole time, who just wasn't a potent goal stru- goal scorer. No, but no Scotland striker needs to be potent. All they need to do really is link play. I get oh, the same thing back then. I totally really? disagree. Yeah, Kenny Miller think... was brilliant for Scotland, and all he did was yeah, run no, channels. I, no, he was a good player for Scotland. But if Scotland Scotland don't have a goal scorer, Scotland haven't had a goal scorer for a long time. Jordan so... Rhodes was a goal scorer. He was the poacher. No use. Okay, He's someone who can okay. link the play. Let me rephrase it. We have not had a potent international goal scorer. <laughs> Jordan Jordan Rhodes played for Scotland. He did, yeah, but he didn't score that many. I think what you're saying, goals. correct me if I'm wrong, is that we don't have anyone like Erling Haaland who can absolutely batter down opposition defenses, which is one of the problems. Basically, we're missing a lot of things, and uh, <laughs> it's going to be a long time before we're back. The problem is, I don't think it's that Scotland got worse particularly. I think this is that everyone else got better. And especially in, on the continent of Europe, where because everyone's so close to each other, you can take ideas from other places, and especially to do with migration, I think is relevant. So the people moving from different other countries going to different bits, and so you take new skills into these different countries and bring new ideas, new coaching ideas, and so they've developed. Where Scotland has stayed largely the same. Seems to be a th- a plans in place now with um, all coaching and stuff like that to try and bring through a different generation of coaches and players. So we might see some sort of benefit, but it's about 20 years later than it should have been. 30 yeah. years. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, let's let's leave it there. Let's leave it there. Thanks for spending um, your lockdown with me and JJ. Thank you to the Little Kicks for our theme tune as well. Remember to stay safe, wash your hands and look after each other. But to play us out this week, we're going to try and play Dario G's 1998 World Cup song over the internet. This could be special or... 
a disaster. Remember, 1998. We're sad. <laughs> Next to you. Any minute, not yet? Ah. Flaming now! been listening to the totally scottish football show a muddy knees media production for sales and advertising please email sales at muddyneesmedia.com keep up to date with everything across our totally football network at the totally show on twitter and make sure you check out our brand new website too thetotallyfootballshow.com hello listeners i'm caroline barker host of the totally football league show i'm joined each week by sam parkin say hello sam hi caroline by adrian clark say hello adrian hello and a Bolton Wanderers fan too. Not Adrian, but Joe Criddy. Looking forward to League Two. Yes. <laughs> Each week we go headfirst into the EFL to bring you the latest from the pitches to the next crisis to whatever Ian Holloway has said now. From Leeds to Luton, Sunderland to Plymouth, Swindon to Stevenage and everything in between. If it's the EFL you want, we've got you covered. Haven't we, Ollie? Just a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down. <laughs> Your guess is as good as ours. That's the Totally Football League show out every Wednesday. In the most delightful way. It's brilliant. I just love it. Muddy News Media.